You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So, uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, this is our 100th full uh, episode, actually. And I've wanted this player on the show for a while. And my constant badgering has finally worked and he's agreed to uh, appear on the show. Uh, our guest has played with Drotty United, Reading United, Portland Timbers 2, and he's now at Forward Madison. Uh, he's also played college football for the Kaiser Seahawks and the Penn State Nittany Lions. So please welcome to the show, fellow dub, Aaron Malloy. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much, Anthony. Really appreciate it. Yeah, long time coming, like you said. But yeah, happy happy to be on. I, uh, yeah, uh, like I... Uh, did you have your own podcast at one stage? I did, yeah. I, I started it in quarantine and I got all the, the bits and bobs to it. Um, and... Um, didn't know how much work it was, and I was fl- <laughs> I, I was flying actually. I had I had three episodes uploaded every week for three weeks, and that's when we started getting back into back into training, back into football. And it was uh, for me, it was a little bit too much. Actually, I was taking classes as well, so I had to give up one of them. So I gave up the podcast. It's still there, still have the account, and still have all the equipment. So uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll I'll get back to it. So what what was the name of the show? It was called Kicking and Streaming. Um, yeah, that's so way was, better than uh, than down the pub, man. Can I steal the name? <laughs> oh, you, you got it. No, down, down the pub, down the pub is something all the, the Irish folks will uh, will remember for sure. So yeah, um, Jake, that was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Your 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 colleague there, he has he had his own podcast too. So I, I think it's great to see that like you uh, professional footballers don't realize how hard we have it as podcasters. So I'm glad you're starting to see. The, the amount of work we put into this thing which is basically like me just recording once a week anyway so um i just thought we'd do a, fo- uh, a couple of like little uh, questions just to get us into this the swing thing so uh what would you prefer tato or king crisps king crisps man i'm the same like king but i ever tell people that i don't like tato they like I, I, i'm Basically, they're trying to strip me of my uh, passport. It's, 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 it's not that I don't like Tato. It's just when I think of growing up as a kid, being, being down the park, I was always a, a King Sambo. There uh, we go. I was, I was given. There you go, yeah. <laughs> the, the height of Irish cuisine, a King Crisp sandwich. Uh, Lions or Barry's tea? Oh, I think I, Barry's tea. Barry's tea, yeah. Nice. Uh, first pair of football boots you remember on? Um, the first pair was the blue old or annoying mercurials is what I remember. Yeah, nice. yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's your uh, favorite hobby outside of football? Um, favorite hobby outside of football. Uh, honestly, I just hang out with all the lads here. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, not, nothing really much going on. Me and Jake Keegan play a lot of ping pong. Number one and two in the locker room, so. I won't tell you who's one. I won't tell you who's two. You can make that up yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just 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 anything that passes the time really. Um, speak speak to my girlfriend on the phone. Speak to family on the phone. Um, yeah, just just try to get right for the next nice. day. So you aren't like hanging around down the shops like causing troubles or anything like that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. We are, we're all at the same apartment, uh, thankfully. So. Oh, that's uh, really nice. cool. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so your uh, last one of these, uh, your favorite TV show or movie? Um, <laughs> favorite movie 
is growing up was, was Rush Hour 3. I was mad into Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. What, what? <laughs> those, those three movies, unbelievable. Um, but so, something that a TV show that I've recently watched, been watched, was actually uh, New Girl. I actually really enjoyed that right now. Uh, and right now I'm actually on Vikings. So oh, nice. enjoying Vi- yeah, enjoying Vikings right now. Wow, that's the most random movie choice of all time. Like, like uh, no, fuck, no. fuck the Godfather, fuck God, Godfather's no. Rush Hour. Not even Rush Hour one, <laughs> Rush Hour three. It's very specific. Hour, yeah, <laughs> no, it was. I just remember as a kid that was always on. Oh, I had it always on all the time. So, yeah, something oh, that you just put on in the background. Something that I can I can watch a hundred times and laugh a hundred times. So, oh, I love it, man. So, um, if you don't mind, uh, if you want to just tell us, uh. What part of Dublin you grew up and uh, when did your uh, interest in football kind of like really like come along? Yeah, I grew up in the, the north side, the NRC north side, um, around Dom- in and around Dominic Street, Doors Edge Street and a little bit down Shire Street. Um, and yeah, just, just, you know, yourself growing up in the city centre, you don't really have much going on. You just, you get football, you have a wall, you have a pitch and spend hours and hours there. Um, and it, it did help that my dad, Trevor was a professional footballer as well. So um, I was always that smelly kid in college. I remember going to a uh, smelly kid in school. I remember going to school. I had to be there at like eight o'clock and before, before school every day, he threw me out for a half an hour, rain, sleet, snow, kicked the ball against the wall, just straight into wow. school then. So um, yeah, as far as, as long as I remember, just, yeah, just going out with a ball, kicking it against the wall for, for hours and hours. Love it. Um, so, like, uh, uh, we, we can't not mention your dad. Like, so he's like one of the, an absolute legend in Irish football. So, like, did, did you feel like you were in his shadow growing up? But, like, was that, like, was it always kind of mentioned, like, you know, like he's your, your Trevor's son rather than your Aaron? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it definitely was mentioned, but it never ever got to me. I knew me just craving my own path. It, 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 tell you who it did get to. It did get to me, Matt. Um, whenever, whenever I was in the papers, and it was, it wasn't Aaron Malloy, it was Trevor's son, and that she, she be, she be causing uproar or whatever. Um, but honestly, it, it never really bothered me. We're, we're two very, very different players. Um, he was a small, tricky winger, number ten striker who got goals, and on a defensive midfield player who likes to be busy and get on the ball. So, um, and, and and honestly, like when I when I come over here to America, I didn't really mention that at all um, either. But it wasn't something that was. I was in the back of my mind where I felt under pressure because he played at a high level and all that type of stuff. If anything, it's 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 definitely helped me um, getting advice from from him and that. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a nice person to be able to to go to with any questions, right? Jesus, absolutely. So so you, you you've actually brought um, a bit of goal scoring to your game yourself. Uh, you got two the other night. Um, first one was a, a penalty that the keeper should have saved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, the the second the second one was a, an absolute bullet of a goal. So can you walk us through exactly what happened? Yeah, first of all, I want to thank Jake Keegan for for both goals. Um, he gave me the pen. Um, probably because he played played with Greenville the past two years, goalkeeper probably know where he went. But yeah, I've been working on them a lot, working on my set pieces, working on on, on pens. Um, went straight down the middle for the for the pen. Um, four minutes later, um, our coach has been on us about um, a little bit of counter attack when when our wingers get the ball going up and support. I uh, didn't realize that all three of our midfielders were up almost past the ball. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Jake. Jake Jake was class, laid it off to the edge of the box and, and, and I just tried to hit it, put my head down, hit it clean and I went top corner and I was, I was, I was placed, um, especially against Greenville who were the team that won everything uh, last year. So uh, it meant that uh, a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mean, you've, you've kind of built a, you and Jacob actually built like a pretty decent relationship. I mean, like you set one up there for um, a couple of weeks ago, which was like purely like you, you you know that you two have like done that in training because it, like you don't just make those runs off the, for, for no reason. So like, how do you find him as a player? Like, are, like do you guys work on this stuff at training like a lot or yeah. is it just like from just kicking like scrimmages and stuff like that that you kind of get used to it? No, we definitely bounce ideas off each other. Um, obviously, different games give us different different things, different opportunities. Um, and we just create a relationship on the field. I try to find him as much as I can. He's, he's, he's a danger man in and around the box. He scores goals from, from nothing. He's fantastic. Uh, and yeah, we've got a good relationship on and off the field, which definitely helps. Um, he helped me settle in pretty well. Um, obviously, he played in the League of Ireland for a few years, so we had a few things in common when I came in. He... It made it a little bit easier for me, but um, yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake and I have definitely got that little relationship and and kind of know, know each other a little in like you know what I mean know each other's um passes, know each other what we're gonna do. So yeah, it's fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, because on the show uh, he said that like you were he put you in his uh we do like a five side thing at the end of the show and he put you in there and said that like you were one of the best players he's played with and. I mean, you've only played like nine games together, so it's quite a compliment, <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, it is, it is. So, so last year you were with uh, Portland Timbers too. It wasn't the greatest season uh, that they've ever had, I'd imagine. But uh, ha, ha, and you played like every every minute, I think, for them in, in in the league. So, how did the move come about then to go to forward? Like, I, like I know you were kind of also dropping down a division. Like, so like how did the move come about, and what made you decide to leave uh, Portland? Yeah, I had I had um, different offers from from championship teams, but after speaking to to Coach Carl Craig and um, like the the philosophy and and the way he wanted the locker room, the culture, winning mentality, and the way what the way he wanted is is six and eight to play because I can play both positions. It was it just it just made sense. Um, last year I did, we didn't win many games. I didn't get my name out there as much on a, on a personal level, and even. As a team level, we we didn't perform, we didn't win many games, um. So I felt as though I needed to start somewhere where, um, it will suit my game. And after speaking with Carl and speaking to my agent, that just it was it was a no brainer really. And I'm very happy with the decision I've made and been here nine games now and 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 absolutely loving the city. The city is fantastic. The team's great. Locker room is second to none. The lads are great. So, yeah, just all in all, just a, a good place to be. Yeah, you can see on the pitch too that, like, I mean, you've kind of really settled in. Like, I mean, like, you're passing the ball around. Like, you, honestly, like, you remind me of Richie Ryan. I don't know if you've ever seen Richie play. I know, Richie, yeah. Yeah, like, you're he, he, just able to, like, just take control of the game. And, like, he's playing in scorching hot temperatures. Like, you're both gingers. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's like it's uh, it's like it's second nature to you. Like, you don't look like you're, like you're sweating. It's just so easy for you. So, like, was that always where you played the game from when you were a kid? Like, just always wanting to have the ball? or like did you play any other positions or anything like that yeah no that, like, it's exactly you're going to take the words out of my mouth I always just wanted to be on the ball and, and be the most busiest player on the pitch I, I know as a as a young lad probably seven, eight, nine, I wanted to be like my dad I wanted to be that winger I wanted to be that striker and I did for a couple of years and I was a really I was a late bloomer a late developer so I became a number 10 because I wasn't quick enough or strong enough up front I was technical as the number 10 but then I wasn't sharp enough I uh, became really fit, got as a number eight, um, super fit up and down. And then I just grew into my body. I became more explosive. I became smarter. Um, and I became, I just wanted to be busy on the ball. And I felt as though the sixth position was was for me. I mean, played street football all my life. And, and, and that's all about 
like how smart you are, how you read the game, because it's such small toy spaces with a lot with a lot of people. So um, I think only when I was 18, I decided I want to, that's the position I want to try out for or whatever. Um, so not not playing the position super long, um, but yeah, just finding my feet really, really handy here and um, really enjoying it. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's as I said, like it's it's like it's a second nature to you just to, to have the ball at your feet. It's crazy. So you you, you started your pro career uh like I think you're in Bo's uh youth system, right? So Yeah, I was, I was with Bo's nineteens and then I signed I signed an amateur contract with with, with, with Bo's, but I made the bench for one cup game. Um never got on or anything like that. And I had another year at nineteens, Keith Long wanted me to stay. Um, but I fancied myself to go play first team football, even though I had another year at 19s. And, and Pete Mann came with you playing the first course with, with Harry McHugh and, and Sean Marr. And, and then straight afterwards, he, he, he waited in the first course for me after the game and, and made sure I signed there and then. Um, but yeah, Pete, Pete, Pete and, and, and Harry have, have been fantastic for me over the years. So uh, can you explain to people, like, because. Uh... We're we're in Canada right now. Uh, what the fuck a uh, false course is? Oh, sorry. So it, the, the, fo- the, the football. Well, there's different types of false courses. The one I did was a football. It was called the FEI false course, and what exactly is is is. So I took a gap year, and that's what I did. Um, I went and you take classes that are similar to your high school credits, like your leaving cert. Um, but then you also get you also train every day with professional professional footballers or. Uh, aspiring professional footballers so we were all uh, half the team at one stage were professional the other half were U19s or playing at a really high uh, level amateur so it's just good good to keep, to keep them back in the education system um, earn some points towards a leaving cert but then also play football every single day um, and for me it was, it was a no brainer continue my education and then also play football at a high level um, so it made sense as you said, you're playing there with Jota. Like, uh, you were like, what would have been like, what, 18, 19 when you were playing up there? Um, yeah, I think I was 18, 19, yeah. So you're playing against men, like, you're playing against like hardened professionals. Like, so how did you find that jump from playing like under 19s football to like playing against like people who've been around the block? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I always wanted to challenge myself. Like, that was something that the reason why I went to draw it because I could have played another year at 19s and, and, and not, not that would have been easy but I, I definitely wanted a, a bigger challenge um, I was talking to a few of that teams at the, at the time but I ended up going to draw it I was close to home my dad lives in, in Town, so after the game to stay with him and that but went into pre-season and just said I'm just going to give it a go I'm not trying I don't want to go in there and be the, the rookie so to speak over here be that 18, 19 year old who doesn't get any minutes I want to go in and, and show them that I can play and after the first day or two, I, I smashed all the fitness tests that came first. Um, that got my name out there. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough that there was five or six, six, probably six midfielders, and they all wanted to be eights and tens. And I said, they all put my hand up, said, hey, I'm, I'm a six. So I ended up playing. Um, I, dropped, I had a, a really good preseason, played against Dundalk and I think it was the Jim Malone Cup, played against Cork and a friendly, played really, really well. Um, that's when both of them were were. were at the, the height of the range, top of the league, um, done really, really well. And I think I played 13 or 14 or 14 or 15 games, started as a as an 18-year-old. Um, and that was that was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was it was a great experience of playing in the midfield with Jake Hoyland, Sean Cavanish, Sean Brennan. The lads have been in the league a very long time. So learning from them was great. Um, but yeah, I held me on, not afraid for not afraid of a tackle, won't pull over once. So I definitely was able to hang with the lads in the league. And you, you know how it is. It can be pretty physical at times. 
Yeah, like that, that's insane that you're able to kind of keep up and play so many games. And it just seems to be a thing in your career that you you go like you must be like super fit because you you always seem to play like the full ninety. You like no matter where you go. Um, so obviously from Jordan, like you you left Jordan and you went to the states then. So you're you're kind of living the dream a little bit where you're playing professional football. So what made you decide then, and how did the chance come about to to move stateside? It was actually, it took a whole year. So I think it was August 2015. I, I, I actually said, I'm, I want to give it a go. And I don't know the process or anything. I know it might take a long time. So I actually took a year of all the, the, the whole process. I was actually still with Bose at the time. And before I signed a draw, I mentioned to the P, I said, hey, P, I'm going to America in June. I think it was June, July. Um, and this is before preseason. He's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries at all. So Little did you know, I played almost every game. And then two weeks beforehand, I said, I pulled him aside. I said, Pete, like, I'm, I'm heading. Remember, I told you I had this conversation with you. I said, I'm heading in two weeks. He's like, no, no. Try to get me to stay. <laughs> um, yeah, try to get me to stay and everything. He's trying to he try to get me to a few teams and just trials in England. You know, just trying to make me, I don't know, try to try to keep me sweet or whatever. But my mind was already made up from from a year prior. Um, and the whole thing came about through the FOSS course, the football course that I was telling you about. Um, Harry McHugh put me in contact with a lad who'd done the course four or five years prior to me named Alan McCann and he's been an absolute like gent for me he's, he's been the biggest influence on me and, and heading over to the States he, he came had a cup of tea with me in the house he's from, from the inner city Dublin himself um, he was the assistant coach at a very small school in Florida um, and I had other offers but I just felt just felt comfortable uh, felt comfortable with him and um he brought me in and after one year before I even got there, he says, you know, you're only here for a year. You're going to be, you're going to be ill. And I was like, no, no, I want to be here. It's, it's Florida. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> played the summer league and, and yeah, just, just like that one good year with Alan and, and he pushed me out because he knew I could play at a higher level. Um, so at the time I didn't, 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 didn't like it, but you know, I, I knew he had his, uh, the best intentions at heart. So uh, you went to Penn state then, which is like one of the biggest universities in the States. So, you're playing a draw there, like League of Ireland fourth division team at the, at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. What what were the facilities like, <laughs> like in the states at this amazing school compared to what you were used to in draw Um I probably don't want to compare it to draw Um I'll just put it out there that I think the facilities at Penn State would be better than majority facilities in the Premier League. Um, wow. Yeah, like it's 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 really really hard to explain. Besides the capacity at the stadium, we've pretty much everything. We've got full time trainers, full time gym instructors, full time nutritionists, um, free food all the time, boots whenever you want, and um, massages. You got if you want to speak to coaches, you want to speak to people to from your mental health. Um, we got hot tubs, ice baths. We got three four gyms you could use only for athletes at the school. Um, and these are just aren't any gyms. We got all of the best technology, um, with all that stuff. And we got an indoor facility for when it rains or snows. Um, got two brilliant grass pitches, and then our grass. We have like we got people that study grass at the school, um. So we have the best of the best grass for when we play, um. So yeah, like that's only half of it too. It's it, it really is, and it was a big reason why I went to Penn State. I went on a visit there. I just said to myself, like, it's almost impossible for me not to be a better person, not to be a better player with all these facilities here at, right at my feet. Um, and I, I took advantage of every single bit of it. So, um, yeah, thanks to Penn State for, for, for the opportunity. I really, it was, it was a fantastic couple of years. So, um, 
the what were the was uh, where Alan with the his school like what was the facilities like there like I'd say it wasn't as good yeah it definitely wasn't as good because um, like the school that I'm at like for the American football that holds up to 110,000 people Jeez. so all the money that the football get I think that's the revenue for the whole sports um and down in Florida when I was with Alan they didn't even have a football team at the time an American football team so we didn't have the best of everything, but we made of what we had, um, and we had each other. We it was it was a great locker room. Like the lads had each other's backs, and um, it just made it good when we were going out and playing. Like it wasn't terrible, but it just wasn't comparable to to, to Penn State, and and honestly, not not much is. So did you have it? So did you have a few options before you picked uh, Penn State? Like did the couple schools come knocking? There was a few teams. I was just I was knocking. Well, a few teams were knocking at my door, but it was it was getting pretty late. And um, Penn State moved things really, really fast. Um, I'll tell you a funny story how I actually got recruited by Penn State was Alan didn't say anything to me. And I think it was Villanova. I think Syracuse were there and uh, Penn State. And there was a game. I got two yellows. My first time ever getting a red card. <laughs> I think I got a 60, 70th minute. And we ended up winning the game 2-1. But I was fuming with myself because I, I felt as though the second one wasn't a yellow. Um and I missed out on 20 minutes, 30 minutes of, of, of playing. So usually the subs will go and do a bit of running. So I went and did the running with the lads because I missed out on 20 minutes. And Penn State seen that because obviously they seen I could play. Uh, but they wanted to see what type of person I was, my my attitude and and, and, and that type of stuff. Um, so they seen that I was, I was a good guy and, and, and they stepped back after the game. I didn't get to speak to them, but they just wanted to see what I would do uh, if I'd have my, like, hang on my head or whatever. So... Getting recruited off a red card was was something that not many people can say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it does go to show you that, like, you know, you're not a prima donna or not like that. You know what I mean? It's like, like obviously you're pissed off that you got a red card and you didn't think it's fair, but you still had like the the, the where all to like, you know, I'm still gonna run with the lads, still doing me base all. Like I'm not like a, a huge asshole basically. And it's uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that they stayed back and watched them. And that, that's. Jeez, they watch everything. That's crazy. Jeez. Yeah, no, they do. You're going into their program for the next three, four years, and they don't want to waste money on a lad who's who's going to bring the culture down, or who who hasn't got a good attitude, or when things don't go their way, they're going to they're going to be mopping around or whatever. So they 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 really do. They really look at that, all the little little things. So you're playing uh, Penn State's in the, uh, the the Big Ten or something they call it, isn't it? Um, Big Ten Conference. Yeah. yeah. So what was the standard of football like at that and? going back to your draw of the thing like so did uh, playing against those guys really help you playing at that level because i mean you're playing with some of the best football players in all of america at that stage right yeah no it did it, it definitely helped i mean that year in draw that definitely helped me be from a, a boy into a man um because obviously going into to men's football it definitely helped me um how to, how to how to use my body well how to just put on a little bit of weight and then at, at Penn State I just again you're playing against the best of the best you're playing against the likes of of Maryland Indiana uh, Michigan Michigan State and they're just in conference teams and 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 people probably they sleep on on the level of college but it's it, the level here is, is is absolutely fantastic some really really good players um and a lot of people in, in MLS a lot of Americans in MLS have have at one point been in been in college um so it doesn't i don't think it gets enough respect as what it should um but yeah it definitely helped me as, as i went on to the years at, at, at penn state so um grateful for the for the opportunity i draw that, that that helped me mold into the player that i am 
So you won a bunch of uh, individual awards, didn't you? Like uh, at Penn State, like a uh, like the, the best midfielder or something like that. Like does, does yeah, that, yeah. Does that stuff mean anything to you? Like, so, like some people are like, like it's you know it's not a team thing. I didn't win anything, but I mean, like yeah, you must be proud of yourself. Like when you get like recognition like that. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. We didn't have a great, um, great culture or locker room my first year or two. Um, great, great guys, but there was just different priorities, if that makes sense. Um, and then senior year, we had 13, 14 new lads, and then us lads that were still remaining. It was up to us to make that, um, to make that change in the culture, make that change in the locker room. And I think the biggest thing that I got from Penn, from from that year was putting all the accolades aside. Was we are ranked 130th or 113. There was something with 103 in it, um, and. <laughs> we everywhere slept on but we had all these freshmen come in and, and we decided like yeah we're gonna we're gonna get the locker room right and we end up finishing the finishing the season 13th ranked in the nation so we jumped 100 spots wow. we lost we lost two games in the late in the whole season um besides playoffs um against two top five teams which was stanford and indiana the only two teams we lost to so it was a testament to the to the players, to the seniors, to the freshmen for buying in, and also for the coaches. Um, but all that aside, I became an All American Big Ten midfielder of the year. But that's what I'm most proud of is 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 how the team went through adversity and and got down to to getting Penn State back on the map. That's incredible! Like a hundred spots, man. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. So, so like, what sort of changes did you make? Like, you just start doing like more pranks on people, or <laughs> <laughs> no? We just we just became more closer, like more together. Um, I mean, obviously, it's college. It's going to be distractions, and and we try to to starve those distractions, and and like we start like putting our attention to what really matters, and there's definitely times to go out and have fun. Don't get me wrong, um, but we have to look at what what's what's important and and different uh. The, the way is what and what and what we're doing it. And when we when I, when I came in with my class, it, it wasn't like that. But my class made sure that when we left, that we we're going to leave a good for the for the new lads coming in. And the past two years, they've been absolutely fantastic. I think they end up going down to even further, like like eight, nine, ten ranked wow. in the in the nation. So um, yeah, that that's what I'm mo- mostly proud of. I'm mas- mostly happy about. So it's all thanks to you. No, 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 no. I was a very small part of it. We had a good senior class that year, the likes of uh, Nick Reeple, Callum Pritchard, Pierre Reedy, Brandon Hackenberg, Josh Levine, Christian Sloat. Like all that, all those lads were my year, and we um, we all just came together. I even had coach involved at, at one point and, and said, this is, what, this is where we want to go, and this is what we think is going to help the team. Um and 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 it did so. No, I I played a very small part in in a in that, but yeah, just glad that everyone bought in. I just, I feel like you're selling yourself short there, buddy. So um, you got you got drafted then um by by Portland was you went in the first round I think fifteenth or something. First round sixteenth. Yeah. Sixteenth. Sorry. Uh, so. What's that day? Like, I know, did you do like, the, was there a combine and all that kind of stuff when you were there? Um, yeah, yeah. Got invited to the combine. There was a week, a year, uh, a month before the draft. Um, done really well, actually. Um, I had three or four interviews with MLS teams before the game, played the game, played really, really well. And then I had another three, four interviews afterwards because I played really well, just chatting to the teams in the hotel. Um, the draft came about and um, I wasn't going to go top 10, so they didn't send out any fam- uh, camera crew or scarves or anything like that. I think 
anywhere between 15th and the 25th pick or second round is, is where I was in and around um, about to go. And, and I was happy that I was, I was 16th. Um, but what happened was I just had it on the telly. I was in my girlfriend's place in New Jersey. She had a couple of our friends over. I had my laptop with me ma and her family and all that on one side. I had my girlfriend's laptop with me dad and all them. So it was great to, to, to have everyone there, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great experience. So what happens like the day after the draft? Like you're now a Portland Timber, I guess, right? You signed a, a contract, an entry level contract, whatever. So what, what's the next day look like? Are you like this, you're going to first team training or are they going to like do run some more tests on you? Like, like no, so what happened was the, the draft, I believe was January 10th or 12th or 10th, 11th or 12th. It was in and around there, but preseason and start for another two or three weeks. Um, so I was in New Jersey and the next day I got drafted, got a couple of phone calls off of the people at Portland saying, you're due back this date, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I had two weeks to get to, to get back into the, like I was already working out on that, but just to get into the gym and, and get touches on the ball. So I went back up to Penn State for two weeks, um, trained with the lads, trained with the strength coach there um, for, for, for two weeks and then went to, went to Portland. I was there with the first team probably five, six weeks, went to Costa Rica with the lads for preseason for two weeks. Um, done well enough to the point where they offered me a second team contract um, and some incentives for me to go up to first team and, and, and that was the biggest part of it. Um, signed and then just things just didn't work out. It, was, it, was a, it wasn't a, a fantastic year um, as a team, but also personally, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I'm, I'm super proud of, of uh, my performances. Um, but yeah, I feel as though I found my feet back here in Madison yeah like, like it's it's so it's so difficult like I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is like to actually make it to an MLS team like I think people like just think you know like you see all the razzmatazz around the draft and then it's like once you're drafted you're a player but it, it isn't that easy there's still like an awful lot of hoops to jump through like so was that did you get enough to your conf- confidence when they put you on the Portland Timbers too like did you did you feel that you were ready to play in the MLS um it was it was it was a unique situation because there was definitely um, it was definitely it was it was a pandemic obviously. So what I wanted to do was, and it was kind of like a gentleman's agreement was, I wanted to, I felt as though for me to get be a better player, I wanted to train with the first team. Um, they couldn't put it in the contract, but they it was like they said like yeah we bring you up. So I wanted to be training with the first team as much as I can and then play games with the second team, and and they they were happy to do that. But then the pandemic hit. Um, there was two different bubbles and I had to go with the team that I was going to play games with on the weekend. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. These things happen. Um, so, yeah, knocked me confidence just a little bit, but I knew after training with the lads for five, six weeks that it was definitely a place where I can hang. I can definitely hang with those those lads. I mean, there's definitely players that are out of this world up there with the likes of Valeri, Chara, Blanco, um, who've been in the league a long time. Um, I actually learned a lot from, but I, I could definitely hang with, with, with a lot of lads. So it definitely helped me confidence, although it did deteriorate a little bit when I went down to the second team. So when you're playing for these, like, uh, like basically the reserve teams, I guess, uh, like they don't always seem to get that many fans in for the games, like whereas obviously forward Madison, like the, the fans are mental, right? So like how difficult is that? Like when you're playing reserve team football like that where like you know it's it's not really a team it's as, as such like you're, you're trying to get somewhere else right so like what what's the what's the vibe like when you're trying to play in a team like that 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally different. Um, I mean, it was it was the pandemic, so no one was allowed in the stadium, um, other than the players, and I actually didn't know if they got fans or not. Um, prior prior to the prior to the pandemic, but yeah, it's 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 night and day. I mean, it, the fans definitely play a big factor. Um, playing at home here in Madison is is unbelievable. You have five six thousand people shouting in your name when I'm taking a corner, or, like make a good pass or score a goal. It definitely it definitely definitely helps, you know. So. Um, yeah, it's it's tough when there's when you don't really hear fans and you can hear your own thoughts. You can hear everything from throughout the whole the whole pitch. Uh, the vibe's just a little bit different, but yeah, I'm just happy where I'm at right now. So speaking of the pandemic, like obviously you're you're not from the states, like so. How's it been trying to? I know you got home for like a little bit too, but how's it been like trying to stay in touch with family and like how are you coping with having to beat that kind of homesickness? Yeah, no, honestly, I, I don't really get homesick that much I try to stay as busy as possible with, with football training I started the podcast at the time um, if anything it actually gave me more time to go speak with family and friends on the phone all the time mm-hmm. uh, but I was lucky enough that my girlfriend came and stayed with me for probably I think up to four months um, during the, the height of the pandemic so um, it was definitely 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 helped so it was, wasn't, wasn't that bad for me personally that's good to hear. That's good to hear. But yeah, just speaking, just going back to the Madison fans. Like, I mean, I've seen a few of the games now, and uh, when they got the, the the first full house there a couple of weeks ago, man, it just looks mental. Like, how five or six thousand people can make that amount of noise is insane. Yeah. So, like, when you're walking around the town, like, do people recognize you and say stuff, or like, is there any that kind of thing, or is it just like, yeah. A, a, a little bit, not 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 too much. Um, we actually live in the apartments, probably fifteen minutes outside the city, so we're not in the city like a lot. But when we're in there, people will 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 know us. And it's funny enough, you walk around the city, so many people we wear in the Madison jerseys because they're they're absolutely gorgeous. Like so, you do you do notice them before they notice you, really, because they're definitely <laughs> they're just wearing the jerseys all the time. But yeah, the, the fans are fantastic, and the people you you get to meet them, you get to know them, and they're just really really nice people. I um uh, I saw the new one, the reversible one that they brought mm-hmm. out, man. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they are. They're, they're, they're definitely getting creative with things. I I really like the the black one. The pink one is nice too, but I think the the black one is something that I, I would probably pay for myself. Um, but yeah, the design team here is is, is fantastic, and um, from the jersey last year, they had to do something. So there they go. There you go. Rever- <laughs> reversible jersey. Yeah, I like it. Like on both sides was like a really, really nice. I like the little uh, on the black one. I like the little pink flamingos and all oh, the flamingos. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have like nightmares about flamingos? Because you see so many of them on a, de- <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> no, I don't. If anything, if anything, they bring me joy. <laughs> so the seasons, the season started really well for you, and then you kind of had like a little bit of a blip. But I mean, you play you. As you mentioned, you played against Greenville and you kind of held your own. So, like, what's what what where do you where do you feel that this this team can go? Like, I mean, you've you've played on enough teams now, I guess, to, to to know if a team is shit or not. I guess, right? Yeah, so. no, honestly, we've we've it's 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 so much quality in this team. I mean, there's competition not only for the starting eleven, but you just don't know who even's going to make the bench each week because there's so much competition, so many great players that can come in and do a job. So, not only are you playing to win a game but you're playing to keep your spot because there's two or three lads in your position ready ready to grab it um, I really do feel as, as though we can go all the way every game we've been in um, every game we've played we've been in um, we lost two games and, and honestly we've kind of just shot ourselves in our, our shot ourselves in the foot it was, it was from our doing our, our mistakes so if we can eliminate the, the little things like that 
we can definitely get goals. Like we have the likes of you know yourself, Jake Keegan, who can get on the end of anything, score, score some, score some goals. We have some lightning quick wingers. We got some creative players in the midfield. So, um, I just think when we're on it, then I don't think any team can really, really hang with us. Um, yeah, and I definitely feel as though definitely confident in this group that we could go all the way. So, what, what's the, what's the plan? Like, a, like I know it's kind of difficult being a footballer and trying to plan for the future because everything changes. But like, like, are you hoping to like? go back up into the USL championship or because obviously there's no promotion or relegation in these leagues, right? So, I mean, like if you're with Forward Madison, you're playing in USL League One, that's it. Like, do, do, do you want to go back up and play the higher level? Do you want to come back home to Ireland and uh, give it the Premier Division a shot? Like, well, what's, what? where do you kind of see yourself in the next like, couple of years? Yeah, I try not give too much thought in the, into a mid-season. Um, I feel as though maybe after the end of the season, if I look back on my performances and if I did well enough or if I'm confident enough, um, then definitely, yeah, like I, I want to play at the highest level I can. Um, and I, I know I can play at a higher level. And like it's, like it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic here. And um, talking about going back home, I, I'd never say never, but that's just not my intentions right now. It's not my in my, in my mind. I don't really want to, Go back to to Ireland. I'm, I'm I'm playing the League of Ireland. I'm really happy with the with the where I'm at at the moment and and the opportunities that arise over here. I just feel as though the lifestyle here is, is fantastic and it's somewhere where I'd rather stay long term. So my my, my kind of final question, uh, like I I, I kind of talked to a few people about this. So I just kind of want to get your opinion on it. So like you look at the Ireland team right now, um, like we don't have any strikers. Uh, there's not. The, the amount of quality is not the same. And then you look at the US team and they have like all these players that are starting to play in the top teams, top leagues in the world. Obviously we don't have 250 million people living in Ireland, but like where, where do you think that the football, the FAI needs to invest in? Cause I know you said you did your FOSS course, which obviously helped, but like where, where do you think they need to invest in to kind of get us back like to having players playing for Man United, Liverpool's, um, yeah, they probably could take a, a note from from the USA and and, and how they how they do things. They get lads in really really young into systems, um, like the likes of Red Bull or or FC Dallas. They get lads in really really young and they mold them into the way they want to play football. So when they play, it's it's second to none. For, like it's it's second nature for them. You know, what I mean, they just go in, and they know what they have to do. Um, all different systems and and it's some they grow with. They grow with the system. They grow with the team. And you're playing, you're, you're pretty much your whole life. Um, with the likes of, of, of Ireland, for me personally, I, I was with Kevin's and Crumlin, and there was no disrespect to them, but we only train twice a week. And over here, you'll have 12, 13 year olds training every single day. Um, so I just feel as though, I feel as though maybe it's going in the right direction. And I know they, my, the year I left, they put U17s and U15s, and I think they have a U13s right now for the League of Ireland. And I, I thought that was a great step. Um, but maybe even get a younger. Um, get the lads in because um, I feel as though yeah, the younger you start the, the more potential that they have um, but yeah I think it's easier said than done like you said there's, there's so many people here in America and so we're such a small country but I feel as though we could definitely do a little bit better than what we're doing right now yeah I mean like it's like you look at like Shamrock Rovers who are like the top team like I'm a Rovers fan so I, like, I feel like I can say this but you look at like you know they brought back Chris McCann they brought back Richie Richie Tell and um, they're were, they had Anthony Stokes on trial like I last week. So like, so, so you're taking players like that have left Ireland and gone, and then you just bring them back. Like me personally, I think it would be better to have three young younger players like who are 
starting off their careers in those positions, then you know. No, I agree. I agree. I think I I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think you guys have a, a lad out and loan to Bray Brandon. Yeah, Adam, is that right? Yeah, he's yeah, that, he, that's that's just a, an example right there. Someone who's who's killing the first division right now. Who's absolutely a great player. Um, why not throw him in for a few games? Give him give him that experience and. Um, I know he's young. He's probably getting first team football right now at Bray. But if he's good enough, he's old enough. That's what that's what that's what I'll say. And and yeah, I, I, instead of bringing all these big names coming back from England, um, why not give this this young lad a chance? Yeah, and uh, I feel like half of it's like trying to get bums on seats. Like you know, you like I remember they brought Damien Duff back, which was a, an absolute shocker. Like I mean, I think he played like a couple of games, and it just like fizzled mm-hmm. out so yeah i definitely think I, I think as well we need to look a little bit more at the way the college system works in the states too that it's tied in with your education so if football doesn't work out for you you have something to fall back on whereas like in ireland like if if, if a trial doesn't work out or whatever like that you're you're pretty much on your own after that right and it's like absolutely you're back to square one so um just before we finish up buddy uh as i said at the start of the show there we always do our five side team so from all the players that you've played with, um, you're going to play a five-side tournament. Who makes your team? So you don't have to have a goalkeeper if you don't want to. Some people don't. Um, but it's up to you. And I really hope you don't break Jake Keegan's heart right now. No, Jake, Jake's the <laughs> captain. Jake's me. I need someone to score goals. So I'll have, I'll have Jake up top. I'm not playing a goalkeeper. I'm playing last man back. Um, I'm not going to put myself in it. Um, who am I? Who, who am I thinking? I'm going to play like a one, one, three, one, like a diamond at one in the middle. Um, I played with this lad in PDL for a year. Um, he's on the Canadian national team, um, and he played for Orlando for a couple of years, and he's at Montreal right now. Named Kamal Miller. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've played with him. Good friend of mine. Technical, strong, left-footed, uh, smart, can dribble. So I feel as though he. I think he's playing, he's a centre-back when I played him, but I think he's playing left-back now in, in, in the MLS. But I think I'd have him at the back um, and then Jake up front. So three midfielders. So first of all, I'm going to go with Zach Zandi, who I played with him for a couple of years. He's with switchbacks right now in Colorado. He's amazing. Probably five foot five, get out of anything, get past him <laughs> the ball with two, two, three players around him. And you just, you just know he's going to keep it. Um and then I'm trying to think who else I, I, I played with that would be a, a good five. So these are not just players that are like who I think are, well, are these are players I'm picking that I think would be a good five a side team. Yeah, that right? makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So I also so will probably put Felipe Hideki in there, um, a Brazilian I played with PDL again. Um, number 10, just he's a futsal player. This, this, this lad's absolutely amazing with the ball at his feet. Um, and uh, that's what I'm talking about. He 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 lives off five sides, um, so it'd be criminal to, for me not to put him in there. Um, and then I've got another another spot in the middle. Uh, who am I going with? Who am I going with? Sorry, I'm taking so long. I'm no. just, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of all the midfielders I've played with. Um, you don't previous, want to disappoint anyone. <laughs> I don't. I don't. And the thing is, if I had a bench, I'd be able to pick another five-sided team that I've had a bench. <laughs> that would probably beat this team. Uh, and then, who would I put in the middle then? Um, 
you know what? I'll probably I'll do another striker. I'll play a one two two, um, and I'll probably put someone Franzi Perot. Don't know if you've ever heard about him. I also played PDL with this lad too. He's on the Haiti national team, playing second division in France right now. Played in the Belgian first division a couple of years back, and this guy is six foot four, big hold up striker, just bullies defenders. So I feel as though he'd be a good hold up play for the lads to do bounce off one twos, get some goals. Um, and the, the intimidation factor there too with, with Franzi would be massive but yeah I feel it's that's a good strong five-a-side team right so there can you, can you just uh, recap it there for me yeah so we start at the back is Kamal Miller um, two in the midfield Zach Zandi Felipe Hideki uh, up front Jay Keegan and Franzi Perot it's a fucking pretty solid team my friend yeah, I like it there you go yeah so um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Like I know that you're really busy there, hanging out with all your friends and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's great to see somebody from the inner city in Dublin like making their way in the world and uh, ending up. It's so fucking weird to, to say like in, in yeah. Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it goes to show that if you like if you put your mind to something, uh, you can achieve whatever you want to do. So Aaron, thanks a million, man. Good luck for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll talk soon. Anthony, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good one, buddy. Cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.